What is up, everybody? Happy New Year, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman. And before we hop into this absolutely electrifying team the last couple of days on their five-game win streak, I just wanted to quickly shout out the Ethos Fantasy basketball page on Twitter. The app for that is Ethos Fantasy BK. Uh, it's the most dominant uh, basketball and fantasy news feed on the whole planet. Uh, get your news, including news about your Sixers, in one Twitter feed. Not only is it the fastest source, but it's extremely reliable and provides analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. So if you have been keeping up with the Ethos Fantasy BK page on Twitter, or really any basketball news source in general, you would have seen that Joel Embiid was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Month for the month of December. So a huge congratulations to Joel Embiid. Uh, Clearly extremely deserved, and these last five games in their five-game win streak, Joel has looked absolutely dominant, um, like the MVP he should have been last year, uh, barring his injury. Um, these last five games, he's scored 30-plus in each game with a triple-double even against Houston. Uh, he's been absolutely ridiculous, shooting the ball extremely efficiently. And this is the Joel Embiid that we know and love. Um, he's playing the exact way you want Joel Embiid to play. Um, that's not just going in back to the basket, backing down his opponent, getting on ones. Uh, obviously, that's great. But he's really been doing a little of everything. He's been shooting the three-ball well. He's been uh, driving incredibly, getting out in the fast break. His Euro step looks ridiculous as always for a seven footer and Joel Embiid really uh, looks like for the first time in a long time completely completely healthy since he was tearing it up last year before his injury Um, he is just every facet of the game has been ridiculous Uh, one of the top defenders in the league this year for sure Um, his shot has looked perfect the mid-range signature fadeaway has looked beautiful and there's really nothing bad you can say about Joel Embiid right now um, in that game versus Brooklyn especially, really, really looked like an MVP doing what he did against uh, the arguable best player in the world in Kevin Durant. Um, all right, so covering this win streak, um, Joel Embiid has been absolutely ridiculous. Um, I would say the main reason would uh, would be Joel Embiid for this win streak. However, uh, not the only guy on the team getting it done. Seth Curry has been absolutely phenomenal for this team. And, you know, you think Seth Curry, you think, oh, what has he been doing? Hitting a lot of threes, hitting that uh, signature pull-out midi, the little step back he's been getting so good at in Philly. But uh, Seth Curry's been doing it uh, as a playmaker. And yeah, you heard that right. Seth Curry has been absolutely incredible handling the ball, finding his teammates. Um, one dribble, you know, pump fake, look inside for Joel, uh, swinging the ball. Seth has been doing it all. And in the last five games, he has five plus assists in every single game, along with 10 plus points in each of those games. And, you know, when we traded for Seth originally, I've mentioned this on the show, I was not the happiest. Uh, I was worried about giving up a second round pick. That is ridiculous. I know. But... Um, tonight's game against Orlando, Seth Curry had a stat line that I did not realize he put up. And when I saw it, I was like amazed 20 points, seven rebounds, 12 assists. That does not, if, if you gave me 50 guesses of what player in the NBA put up that stat line, I don't think uh, Seth Curry would be anywhere near that for me. Um, seven rebounds, 12 assists. And I mean, 20 points, sure. Seth can score the ball, but that's just a complete performance from a guy who, um, was really just viewed as a catch-and-shoot guy. Now, uh, anything but that, and it's been really, really, really nice to see. Speaking of something that was nice to see, I want to throw it back to 
maybe my favorite moment of the season. Um, Tyrese Maxey against Toronto uh, struggled significantly, shot two for 11 with five points. And Joel Embiid let him know about it in the post-game presser, uh, having some fun, telling him he played terrible. Maxey agreed. And how about the next game? Tyrese Maxey comes out against Brooklyn, scores 25 points, uh, 10 for 18 shooting, five threes. Uh, Joel said he needs to shoot the three more, needs to be more confident, and uh, that's arguably Maxey's best game of his career. Obviously not stat-wise. Uh, I think he had a 39-point game against the Nuggets last year in his first career start, actually. But um, the significance he had to the team in that game, he looked like an all-star a bona fide all-star. He took over that game late, had some huge shots, played incredible defense, and, you know, uh, exactly what you want to see from uh, Tyrese Maxey at this stage of his career. Um, even In fact, even more than you could possibly imagine. I've said all season, what he's done filling in for Ben has been incredible. Um, the way he responded to that criticism from Joel, laughed it off, agreed with him, and then comes back and proves to him that he was listening is just amazing to see. Unfortunately, Maxi and Matisse entered health and safety protocols after that, did not get to play in the Houston win or the Orlando win, but we saw Maxi on his Instagram story singing the song after the win. So uh, I think it's safe to say Maxi might be a little more of a better and more supportive teammate um, than his good friend Ben Simmons, uh, Clutch Sports Agency. However, um, I think we love to see that from Tyrese. Um, moving on on this team, uh, going to take a little bit of a downward spiral here with Tobias Harris. And I'm not saying Tobias Harris has been uh, a horrible player by any means. He is not. But I'm going to say it time and time again for a max contract player. Tobias Harris, when is this slump going to end? Um, you know, a slump for a couple games is always okay. You can't really blame a player all that much. Uh, Tobias has always been a fringe max contract player, even when playing at his best. Uh, never made an all-star team. Pretty close last year. Playing well. I was happy to have him. I was okay with the money we gave him. But um, this slump has been going on a little bit too long for me at this point. Um, he was better tonight versus Orlando. However, you look at that game versus Brooklyn. You look at other games. He did have a triple-double versus Toronto, uh, although he shot 3 for 12 from the field. So uh, triple-double or not, uh, still not the greatest shooting performance, obviously. Um yeah, it's it's been a little frustrating. Against Brooklyn, he nearly lost us the game. He takes a lot of bad shots, a lot of ill-advised shots. When they're not falling, he continues to do that little back-to-the-basket fadeaway, uh, pull-up middies in defenders' faces. And oftentimes, he makes some really, really nice moves to the basket and just can't focus at the rim and can't finish. So um, it's been frustrating, and the fans let him know it uh, against uh, Houston at home. They were booing him after he missed a shot. Then later in the game, makes a shot, fans cheer, and he tells them to uh, shut up politely. Um, that's how I'm going to put it. Um, yeah, he's, he was upset with the fans, and, you know, I kind of get it. You know, getting booed and then getting cheered on in the same game can be frustrating. But Joel Embiid uh, says it best. Bryce Harper also said it. Um, Bryce Harper said he deserved to be booed when he was booed. Joel says, you know, if you're going to take it, uh, if you're going to uh, get all the praise, then you're going to be able to take some of the, the hate at some point. And Joel obviously responds to criticism incredibly. Uh, we had that little run, I think it was last year, when uh, him and Jimmy had that little interesting exchange on Instagram and all that with 
Uh, Joel may be uh, getting frustrated with the Sixers uh, fans. However, Joel Embiid quickly responded to that, saying he loves Philly. He's never shown anything but love for Philly. So as much as I do like Tobias as a person, I think you can learn a little bit from Joel that when you're playing bad, maybe just take ownership for it. Don't get upset with the fans for booing because you're in Philadelphia. That's what you're going to get, unfortunately, and just move on, honestly. Um, Another thing of note in this was Doc Rivers uh, was in health and safety and was out for two games. And one of those games was actually the game against Brooklyn where they were able to win that game on the road and Dan Burke filled in, um, defensive specialist from Indiana. Sam Cassell, I was expecting to fill in, also health and safety. Not sure if him or Burke would have coached if both of them were able to, but Burke did an absolutely incredible job late in that game. Um, obviously, Doc Rivers has his severe struggles late in games, and watching Dan Burke's rotations and the shot selections we were getting, the defense uh, played by Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and the rest of the Sixers, uh, and of course, Matisse Thybul, uh, James Harden, giving them nightmares. Um, that was absolutely amazing to see. I really, really enjoyed watching the end of that game. Obviously, the Joel and, uh, and one uh, telling them to go home, waving off KD was pretty sweet. Uh, probably the moment of the season so far. Uh, Joel Embiid has just been providing so much entertainment these last couple of games. Uh, kind of looking like the old Joel a little bit. Uh, we saw against Washington, got Montrez ejected, uh, getting in his head a little bit. Uh, Joel really being himself. You can see at the end of these games, gets those fist pumps in. Uh, eggs on the crowd, home or away, and you know Joel Embiid, the superstar that everyone loves, especially when he's scoring thirty points every single game and winning Player of the Month. Um, yeah, it's basically just a Joel Embiid love episode. Uh, sorry guys, it's just so hard not to when you're watching the Sixers and this man is just going on fast breaks and dunking on everyone, and uh, just when you think uh, someone's got an easy layup, it's like Cole Anthony tonight comes out of nowhere, blocks him off the backboard, and. Uh, really loves the team and loves the city, and it's been awesome to see. Another guy who's been awesome to see is George Niang off the bench. Uh, I think he's solidified himself as our official sixth man. You know, maybe Drummond will come in sixth man. Joel and me get some foul trouble or something. But Niang has been awesome for this team. Uh, for the money we're paying him especially, uh, he's been a knockdown shooter, able to create his own shot a little bit. Uh, he's really strong inside. His drive's really, really strong. And uh, he can take over a game, as you saw in Toronto, George Niang was a huge reason for that win, knocking down a bunch of threes late in that game, uh, coming up really big. So it's been really, really cool to see George. Um, another player off the bench who had a huge game recently, Isaiah Joe. Um, Matisse and Maxi in protocols means minutes for Isaiah Joe. And against Houston, 18 points, five threes and an and one. Uh, Isaiah Joe needs minutes on this team, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, he needs them regardless of who is playing. I don't know how many minutes. I, I mean, at the very least, when you need a knockdown shooter, you're getting Isaiah Joe at this point. Uh, he's shown you what he can do, and I've really liked it. And, you know, uh, the guys we have at wing now, I say this every single episode, but there's a lot of them. And in my opinion, the worst one is in the starting lineup, and that is Danny Green. Uh, obviously, maybe not always in the starting lineup when Matisse is playing, but Danny Green has been absolutely atrocious. I'm sorry. I, I love Danny Green, you know, uh, three-time NBA champion. He's proven great veteran for this team, okay. But on the court, this man has been severely struggling. Today versus Orlando, he did not put up a single stat. No points, no rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks. Went 0 for 2 from the field. Uh, did not get to the line once. And it's really just running around out there, honestly. Um, I don't know what the deal is with him. Uh, plays okay defense, I guess. 
Um, he's always been a very solid defender. Made, I believe, a couple of second uh, team all defenses in his career in San Antonio. But yeah, I really think it's about time to consider not only dropping him from the starting lineup for good, but from the rotation even would have to be a possibility in my mind. Uh, if it's between him and Isaiah Joe for minutes or Furkan Korkmaz, uh, I'm maybe putting Danny Green last. And speaking of Furkan Korkmaz, uh, stepping up in the starting lineup the last two games, how about 20 points in both of those games? Uh, Furk off the bench has his moments sometimes, but for some reason, whenever you insert Furk in that starting lineup, he becomes this elite shooter with a lot of confidence. And I'm not saying start Furk on Korkmaz on a regular basis, but I mean, if he's going to give you the production he's given the last two games, then maybe it's not a terrible idea. Um, all right, so that covers this five-game win streak again. Absolutely great five games from this team, exactly what they needed. And before we go any further, I just wanted to talk about our partner at Sport Ethos, uh, Thrive Fantasy. Uh, you can prop up with Thrive on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use the code ETHOS at sign up for an 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two to four free game tickets to play. Uh, you could pick player props on the biggest names every night, score points when the props hit, and the players with the most points uh, win a share of the nightly prize money. Also, check out the Sports Ethos DFS team and pod for advice. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And yeah, shout out that uh, Sports Ethos DFS team. They're really great every night, always checking them out. So make sure to go give them a quick visit. All right, so aside from this win streak, uh, might have drawn some attention away from this, but this is still on every Sixers fan's mind. Ben Simmons, trade rumors and they're heating up again a little bit especially today when we have heard that the sacramento kings are extremely interested in ben simmons and nothing is off the table something the sixers fans absolutely love to hear because sacramento has i would say two main players that would be big targets the biggest one being the speedy superstar point guard De'Aaron fox from kentucky De'Aaron fox a lot of injury time uh He's on the COVID list for a little bit, but when he's healthy, De'Aaron Fox is a dominant, dominant player. Um, never been an all-star. This year, I really thought he'd make his first uh, all-star team. Um, I don't think it's going to happen due to lack of playing time. A little underwhelming so far, but De'Aaron Fox has his moments where he looks like he could be a superstar in this league, and I think he could be a superstar in Philadelphia. Again, you see what Maxie's doing here, um, putting up incredible numbers as a second-year point guard drafted uh, mid-first round. How about De'Aaron Fox with showing what he can do in Sacramento, getting the keys to a playoff contender with an elite center? Um, I think Fox and Embiid could be an incredible duo. Maxie could honestly be the best six-man in the NBA. Um, Tyler Hero may be taking that uh, first-place crown, but Tyrese Maxie could be right up there. Um Maybe even making some sort of lineup where you run Maxi at the two because, you know, he can score the ball. Fox at the one, moving Seth. I mean, you know, the size there doesn't really work. So unless you're moving Seth to the bench, then I'm assuming one of those guys has to go to the bench. Um, maybe try to throw in some sort of sort of wing in that trade. Obviously, Buddy Heald. Um, maybe a guy like Terrence Davis. Uh, don't know how easy he'd be. He's been playing pretty well this year. Solid shooter. I don't think he'd start. And I don't know how much we really need wings, but if you're trying to replace Danny Green, um, I think that might be an area you can look for in another trade, maybe uh, for a 
team that's selling for draft picks. Um, but yeah, De'Aaron Fox could be an absolutely incredible uh, piece for this team. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton also could be an incredible piece, but I think Fox is more likely after the way Halliburton's been playing this year and his age. And Ben Simmons uh, in Sacramento could really fit. Obviously, I think they'd play him at a forward position, having one of these two young point guards staying on their team. That would only make sense. But um, I think it's about time where this team, the Sixers, have proven that they could potentially be a contender with a trade. And I think Daryl Morey has to pull the trigger if this opportunity arises. So if this happens, uh, the lineup obviously looks like something. De'Aaron Fox, uh, Seth Curry, uh, Matisse Thybul, Tobias Harris, Embiid, moving Maxi as the sixth man, keeping Niang, Drummond, all that good stuff. Um, that would be incredible. The only thing I could see here is a need for a wing scorer, like an elite wing scorer. Shake Milton's supposed to be that, but he's always hurt and he's never really shown it. Plus, he's a little undersized. So I think uh, looking at these uh, selling teams, someone like the Magic, uh, Terrence Ross maybe, uh, that was a guy that came to the uh, top of my mind. But there's a lot of teams that seem like they could be selling. Eric Gordon from Houston, uh there, there seems like there's a lot of teams that uh, would be willing to give one of these veteran guards that cost a decent amount of money for a draft pick to get them off their books to be able to play their young players. It seems like that happens every year. Obviously, the Sixers training for Alec Burks um, a couple seasons ago at the deadline to try to make a push. That did not work out very well. But, um, yeah, I feel like the Sixers definitely have to explore that opportunity. Um, that would be a really key piece for the team. Uh, I've mentioned the amount of wings now, I think, three times in one episode, but it's really true. We have a lot, and they're all good defenders. Uh, None of them can just go get you a bucket like you'd really want, Um, so I think that would be a huge addition for this team. Another thing I'd like to add in that Sacramento trade is the Sixers maybe should try to incorporate getting a guy like Marvin Bagley. And Marvin Bagley has had an interesting career, super, super talented. Uh, You know, he was extremely high draft pick. Second overall over uh, guys like Luka Doncic and Trey Young. So that's one the Kings wish they can have back, obviously. But uh, Bagley clearly doesn't want to be in Sacramento anymore. They clearly aren't uh, focused on making him a key piece of their team. So if the Sixers could throw in something small, I think Bagley could potentially be a huge player for this team. Uh, maybe off the bench. I don't really know exactly what his role would be. But he would be a super, super fun player to have on this team. Uh, extremely athletic, as I mentioned. Uh, really talented player that I think in the right situation could really thrive. So, um Obviously, uh, all these trades would be great. However, the best opportunity would still be with Portland uh, and Damian Lillard. However, a lot of uh, rumors surrounding Dame, he's been out now for a couple games nursing his uh, pre-existing injury. And the real question is, what's happening with Dame? Um, Portland is one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. They're talking about maybe sitting him for the whole year. They're talking about blowing it up in Portland and... If I'm Daryl Morey, I'm on the phones uh, talking to Portland right now. I'm sure he has been. Don't get me wrong. Daryl Morey is a very intelligent guy. I'm sure he knows what's happening better than I do. But, yeah, I mean, if there's any opportunity to capitalize on getting Damian Lillard, you do it right now. I At this point, you know, give up Ben. Uh, give up Matisse, I guess. It, it's, it's sad to see him go. I do love Matisse. But if that's what you have to do, um, Maxi in the equation, that's when it becomes a question mark for me. But uh, if you can get Dame, I say do it. So 
Um, obviously, any of these trades make them contenders, but for now, we're focused on the roster at hand and our upcoming schedule. This month, we have an extremely easy schedule. Um, I would say there's maybe three or four opponents that are a really, really good team that would be tough to beat. Um, our upcoming games, we have uh, San Antonio and Houston, both struggling teams this season. DeJounte Murray's been great for San Antonio, but two of the, both of those games should be wins. Uh, play Charlotte. They've shown their dominance for Charlotte this year. Uh, two away games, one, and this game is at home. Then they play Boston and Miami. Boston will be a huge test on Friday night. Um, this will be an incredible atmosphere uh, at Wells Fargo. Um, big, big chance for the Sixers to beat an elite team and arrival at that. Uh, Miami, next game, uh, obviously have been without Bam Adebayo, but Jimmy Butler is a special player. Missed a lot of time, but he should be good by that game. That should be a fun one. And the rest of the month, really not too many other notable opponents. They play the Lakers at home. Um, obviously, the Lakers not a great team, but you know every team with LeBron James on it, you got to worry about a little bit. Um, the New Orleans game has been rescheduled for later this uh, month. Zion probably will not be back by then. Um, they do play Sacramento at the end of the month, so a chance for Sixers fans to get a look at De'Aaron Fox a little more closely. Um, potential Sixer. Um, 13 games the rest of this month uh, I went through, and I predicted them to go 11-2 and two in the rest of this month. Um, that is very optimistic, obviously, but I think for the games that they have, um, two losses could be very, very reasonable. Um, this will put them at 32 and 18, an incredible record for how they've uh, started this season. Right now, they're five back from first in the East, and I think they could uh, become a top three seed heading into the trade deadline, heading into all-star break. Um, that would be a really, really great sight to see, proving that we indeed don't need Ben Simmons. Obviously, he would help, don't get me wrong. But showing that Joel Embiid could carry this team uh, to that point uh, puts him even higher on the MVP conversation for me. I think after this month and after these last couple games, Joel's already up in that conversation for sure. After starting the year off a little rough, um, I think Joel is back there. So, yeah, I think that if, if the Sixers can keep this rolling, keep uh, this team and maybe make that move to the deadline, they are really contenders. And I'm really, really excited at where this team is right now. And real quickly, before we sign off, I just wanted to remind you guys um, about our code HOOPBALL20 over at Manscaped uh, for 20% off of your order and free shipping. Also, please go check out our pals in mybookie.ag and use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock a deposit match bonus. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, stay excited about this team. You have every right to be excited about this team, about Joel Embiid. And as always, keep trusting the process.